Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we no longer talk about Animorphs because we've already done that. But we're not ready to say goodbye to Catherine Applegate and Michael Grant. Turns out they wrote more books. What? Books that we will be reading and casually discussing? You bet. Join us on the 1st and the 15th of each month as we morph into the Apple Grant Book Club. We got Apple TV and I started watching Ted Lasso. Have y'all watched Ted Lasso? No. I feel like I've seen it all because of TikTok clips, but no. This might be my new favorite TV show ever. Mm. I am greatly enjoying it. And we've got several other things Mm. lined up for Apple TV that we got to watch. Severance. Yeah, Severance. I've heard a lot about Severance. So good. good. So fucking good. But... I have to watch Arcane first. Yes, you do. <laughs> that is correct. Oh my god! Yeah. Speaking of which, I've been watching like analysis videos. There's a trillion of them because that show is like so fucking layered and amazing. There's some chi ass shit in that show. <laughs> so if you like Animorphs, go watch Arcane League of Legends. Do not be put off by the fact that it's League of Legends. You don't have to know anything about League of Legends to enjoy the show. That's my pitch. Goodbye. So what I heard was, if you're a chi apologist. First of all, no. Second of all, my stupid point was going to be, so if we're going with the Alpha Alex pronunciation guide, is it Arkan? Uh, (laughs) Arkan. That was an amazing joke, and I don't know how many people are going to get it. Zero. In this crossover, zero. (laughs) Go go listen to Quid Pro Roll and and listen to the players make fun of Alpha Alex for the way she says Arkana. Even though that's the way we're all going to say, hey, listeners, yeah, listeners, yeah. I need you to, I, I, we, we may not agree on everything and that's okay, but I need you to be on my side with this one. <laughs> it's Arcana from now on. That's how we're all pronouncing it. <sighs> it's like the Icar Icor discourse. I still don't know which I don't one's know. right. Yeah. Cause I'll listen to audiobooks and they'll say it both ways. Mm. And I, I don't know which one that's. Can I give I've you my heard. pitch for yeah. which one it is? Mm-hmm. My pitch is it's icker because like it's icky. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I thought. That no, that tracks. What's the vicar. more like vicar? It's not it's not onomatopoeia, but it's kind of onomatopoeia. No, phenomena. Menomena. Is it an ouroboros? Are we trying to say ouroboros? Is that a a a ver? Yeah, I've never actually said that correctly. Ouroboros. That's where no, two on- snakes eat stars. Yeah. And is 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 onomatopoeia wrong? Onomatopoeia is right. I don't think onomatopoeia is wrong at all. It's it's when is that the thing when the word sounds like what it is? It's it's like pow, bang. Zip. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's an old Batman TV show episode. Yeah, yeah. It's a great word. That's you can tell because like the onomatopoeia, there's so many O's. It's like Adam West running with mm-hmm. the bombs. That's how you remember. You said- you said Adam West, and I thought you, you were going to say Adam, Adam Driver. Driver. I did too. <laughs> if Adam Driver played Batman, though. Oh, it'd be so good. Okay, that Actually, I think Adam Driver would be a good Batman. He would. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He would. That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, my God. He's got a fantastically do square chest that would fill out that oh bat suit. Oh, my God. 
I kind of I I I would watch Batman if Adam Driver was Batman. I'm not interested in Batman generally as a person, but I would do that. I I I like I like Batman movies. Have you seen Edward Cullen Batman? Okay, so I have a lot of opinions on this. <laughs> okay, uh, Robert Pattinson. I have not watched Twilight yet. It's actually coming up very very soon okay. for her her girls. So soon. Our review of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Robert Pattinson and everything I've seen him in has been great. And he seems to be very, very underappreciated because he was in Twilight. I watched the Batman and he was great as Batman. And he was great as emo Bruce Wayne. Mm. I don't happen to prefer an emo Bruce Wayne. That's that's just a me preference. But if you like an emo Bruce Wayne, he did a great job as an emo Bruce Wayne and his Batman was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And he's good and he's great in a lot of other stuff too. So, as someone who has no horse in this race, can I defend Robert Pattinson for a second here? Sure. I think the cut scene that I don't think you're going to see Tim unless you watch the extended cut. There is a scene where Bella Swan walks into Edward's room and picks up one of those like rain sticks because he has it as de- decor in his room. And says she and her mom used to make something like this by filling a paper towel tube with chinchilla droppings. And I feel like Robert Pattinson's reaction to this line that I don't know he knew was coming was a fantastic piece of acting with what he was given. (laughs) I'm going to look at this scene now after we watch the movie. It is a cut scene. So you will have to watch like the Twilight extended edition. I don't know if that's real, but if there's an extended edition, it's a cut scene you have to find though. Chinchilla droppings. Yeah. Like instead of anything else she could have filled a paper towel tube with, chinchilla droppings is what she went with and like they just pan back to robert pattinson uh, looking at her like a what <laughs> <laughs> See, which well, i think I, is a perfectly reasonable reaction i feel like we did this as as like a school art thing but it was with dried beans yeah sure dried beans uh, yeah sure yeah. chinchilla Rice? droppings is sure i don't even know where i would get chinchilla droppings from a chinchilla oh well all right, you win that round, Casey. <laughs> She's got you there. I know. It's, it's like Casey 17, Tim 0. <laughs> no. um, but I did buy the uh, complete set of Twilight films on one DVD. Or in Holy one DVD fuck, case. Man. Wow. Yeah. I, I was just going to Google it. Oh, no. I found it at McKay's for like $6. And I was like, well, there we go. That's covered. I think you Patreon content. Here we go. Damn. The people will pay, but not as dearly as we will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I don't watch movies unless it's for Patreon content now. That's solid. That's 100% not true. You want to hear my review of The Flash? Yeah. Sure. The first half of The Flash is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. The second half of The Flash is one of the best movies I've ever seen. Damn. But does it go fast? Not the first half. It's not a Flash movie, then. Not the first half, yeah. Okay, but is he the Flash in the first part of the movie, or does he get his powers like a second half and then the movie goes fast? No, he's he's the Flash in the first half. Okay, of the movie. well, he has, he has no fucking excuse then, does he? Yeah. As you know, what? Uh, somebody will call me out on the Discord for it, and they'll have opinions, and we'll have a conversation about the. It's Flash. gonna be Pickle Boy. It might be. <laughs> All right, I I got Kiki's opinion. Well, actually, that's not true. Okay, you got Kiki a vague I, reaction. Yeah, me. yeah. I had a reaction 
about this book where we decided to stop reading. I mm-hmm. was not happy. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like Keiki was similarly not happy. Mm-hmm. With myself, because I, I picked <laughs> the stop section. Yeah. yeah. I, I have yet to hear from Alex. I'm happy as a clam. <gasps> Why? Did you continue reading? Because I finished reading 20 minutes before we hopped on for recording. Oh, so yeah. You didn't have time to get mad? I didn't have time. Well, and I planned it that way because, like, you guys started, like, you guys were, like, last week was when Tim's reaction came in, where Tim was like, what the fuck? Why did we stop here? Like, you came in so hot. And then Casey, like, two days later was like, yo, what the fuck? And I was like... I'm going to finish reading this right before we get on to record so that I don't have to live like this. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I've been I've been dealing with it for quite some time. And then, behind the curtain, then we had to do a quick swap rooney with another recording date for a different mm-hmm. podcast to accommodate a fast schedule change, and that almost caught me out. I almost had to live for 24 <laughs> extra hours with this that I didn't. So, like, like me... Being the team player that I am, everybody's like, hey, you want to wait a day later to re- to record Animorphs Anonymous? And like, I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. But inside, I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll just go another 24 hours before you let me read the other half of this book. It's fine. I'm not mad or anything. <laughs> oh, no. I feel like that has less to do with like you being a team player and more to do with like, say that to Jenna's face then. <laughs> go say that to her face. <laughs> You know, you didn't have to call me out like that. Yeah, but I'm gonna. <laughs> but I guess that goes to show how invested I got in this book series that we were moderately iffy on in the beginning. That I yeah. am now slightly angry that I can't read further. And I don't, like, earlier in the book series, I ran on. Uh, I got a little ahead of the podcast. I'm like, whatever. It's no big deal. I felt like it would have been a crime to do it this time. It absolutely, like, if, if I came into this, like, because I, I never read ahead both for, like, note-taking and because I know I will fuck up if I know more than I should know. Mm-hmm. It was hard enough with the original Animorphs series trying to be like, oh, but I can't tell Casey 30 mm-hmm. things I want to mm-hmm. say about this. Mm-hmm. So, like, I when I stopped, I was, I could not believe it in this particular fucking book. I was like, what a beautiful goddamn point <laughs> to stop. And, like, this book, it... No, it's not hate reading. It's akin to that where I hate Senna so much I can't yeah. stop. Yeah, she's the fucking worst. The she worst. Senda. Senda. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know if you caught that or not when I was. Uh, I was trying to. Okay, so Casey ruined me uh, because she was the one that pointed out that Savito and Tobias were. Uh, Anagrams of each other. Which Alex pointed out to me when we recorded. I don't know who to attribute fault to. I don't. One of you. Listen. It's one of you did it to me, right? The only so now- real thing about the leggings is the debt. <laughs> <laughs> so I have been on a quest now, an unstoppable quest. Every mm-hmm. time I read a new character's name in an Apple Grant property, mm-hmm. I'm like, hmm, what is this an acronym for? So as soon as we realized that Senna's name was actually Cinda, I was like, there it is. There, I still got nowhere with it. <laughs> I, I still got nothing acronym-wise. I, I don't believe it's a thing. But I still, in my brain, believe it's probably a thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't decipher the code yet. 
But I was like, there it is. That's why we couldn't get it. First of all, every time I read Senda, I don't know why, but it was an Australian accent in my head. Like, Senda, Senda back. <laughs> like, first of all. Second of all, Tim told me this whole anagram thing like two weeks ago. And since then, in completely, it doesn't have to be an Apple Grant property. I'll be like reading like a Facebook, somebody will like post a meme and I'll be like, hmm, wonder what that name's like an anagram. <laughs> and I'll, sometimes I run across ones where I'm like, hmm, that's pretty interesting. I wonder if that's a thing. And then I... There was a point when I read like three books and like they had anagram related names in each book. And I don't want to tell you all some of the books because it's kind of spoiler related. But uh, I and so I, Is it I think that's no, there wasn't an Apple Grant book. The Sabido thing just was the thing that tied it all together for me and was like, now this is how I live my life. I've been secretly trying to figure out what both of your names are anagrams for. There's not a lot you can do with the four letters KCDC. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, there's not even really any um, vowels. No. Mm -mm. Not even sometimes why. Mm -mm. Do you guys remember Kingdom Hearts? Oh, yeah. No. Okay. So Kingdom Hearts 2 had a bunch of characters that were like like nobody's versions like darker versions of their of their previous selves and they just took the name and like made an anagram of the name and added an x in it so, so you can like do that. disney characters no like like original like original property characters they they were a little more final fantasy-ish um, oh okay okay but, so am oh. I the dark one here since I have an X in my name? You already have an X in your name, so you so are you're, exempt. You're yeah, exempt. Unless. Unless. Unless it's just, she's like a Xerox. She's got two X's. Oh. She's now Zaxel. And I'm still a carbon copy if I'm a Xerox. I'm still, no matter how you look at it, the either dark or otherwise half of a different whole. What if I'm... <laughs> What if I'm the dark version of of somebody named Timoth, but they just added a Y instead of an X? Oh, oh like they didn't, they died as they were scratching out your dark name and never finished oh, the X. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that what happened to Casey as well? Probably. Oh, I also have a Y. Oh, no. I, I'm a bit of a wild card because no one can spell my name. Like I love that, though. I'm just, I'm, a, I'm an enigma. I'm an anemone. <laughs> you have you have no vowels it's not fair they're all set up to fail kcdc it's really hard to rearrange those four letters in any satisfactory way to make it different enough wasn't it the the ussr that when written in another language was like cccp mm-hmm. and that's what i keep trying to Probably. do with it yeah i keep going cckd CCKD, yeah. Which is just CC Craft Dinner. Or DKNY. <laughs> the brand. Or DK Donkey Kong. Closed caption Craft Dinner. <laughs> <laughs> what would closed captions of eating Craft Dinner look like? Chewing noises. That's all it would say. <laughs> Chew- chewing noises. <laughs> yeah. I guess you don't want to try to, like, put letters to that noise <laughs> <laughs> nom 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 
No, it's way wetter than that. Uh, uh. <laughs> cool, cheesy craft dinner. Cool, <laughs> Chester Cheetah craft yeah. dinner. Dude, they make don't they make Cheetos craft dinner or like they do? Yes, oh my god, do. I yeah. want to try it. Kind of, I tried it because uh, the other Alex P, the way cooler better Alex P, told me that it was good, so I tried it. You know what? We have not given. We have Alpha Alex. We have Anonymous mm-hmm. Alex. Mm-hmm. Alex P did not get a modifier. He did not get an adjective. We need to change that. Awesome, Alex. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's good. And it fits it keeps, our theme of yeah, never yeah. differentiating mm-hmm. the initials. Mm-hmm. Oh. So that you cannot write a schedule to save your life because you will yeah. never know. <laughs> we have to get Awesome Alex to change his name in the Discord now. Awesome Alex Fishhammer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys want to hear about why Sun is the worst? Please. Yes. Okay. We'll start. We'll start the process. We'll start the journey. All right. Senna, aka Senda, is riding on a CTA train with her mother, who is telling her that she has to leave, and maybe one day Senna will leave too and find a way to be normal. Er, sorry, Senda will leave too and find a way to be normal. Senda remarks on how she and her mother are different than these other people, that her mother shines with a pale glow that only she can see. They arrive in downtown Chicago that night, and her mother pulls her into a building lobby. She asks the receptionist to see Tom O'Brien, and they ride the elevator up to the top floor. They arrive in another lobby, and a tall man with graying hair approaches them. He's like, Annika, what are you doing here? She's like, hey, she's your daughter. We're both in danger if, if I stay here. So the man pulls her into the office and Senda listens at the door. He's like, you can't just drop this kid off here. I have a wife and a daughter of my own. If I had known you had a kid, I would have helped with support, but you just kind of ran off and didn't tell me. She's like, I don't have time for this. Here, take my hand. And through the door, Senda can feel the glow passing through her. She hears her mother say, it's going to be all right. You're a good man and you will live up to your responsibilities. You will take her and raise her as your own. He very reluctantly agrees. She says that he won't have her for long. She knows that Senda's listening at the door, and speaking directly to her, she says that Senda's name means pathway, but that she should never become one. It's too dangerous for them to be in the same place. But when the time comes, look for her with Mother Isis. The dad's like, what's her name? And the mother replies, Senda. And he says, Senna? She hears a gasp and feels the rush of a glow. Her father comes out pale and shaking, and her mother is gone. So... Cinda is an anagram for Andes, like the little chocolate mints they give you at restaurants or sometimes in hotels. God damn it, Tim. <laughs> they want you to leave? Yeah. There we go. There we go. It all ties in. Holy shit. <laughs> you know, you can just buy those at Walgreens. Yeah. it changed my life when I found out. <laughs> I used to work at a place that had snacks and they had like a big like container full of Andy's mints and I would just grab like a handful and put it in a coffee mug and just take it to my desk and I was like I feel like a yeah. garbage monster but I don't care because I will eat all of these. I do love like the idea that at this place everybody you know comes in you know like almost like an assembly line they come in they pour their coffee they go they come in they pour their coffee they go Kiki comes in, grabs mints, fills coffee cup, <laughs> and goes. Also, that's the most Callan thing I've ever heard. Oh my god, <laughs> it is! Just 
just can't be yelling at people like, you, it's not stealing if it's free. It's not. They're giving those snacks to you as the employee. That's a benefit. They owe you those snacks. It's in the union contract. Yeah, the, the union. You're throwing money away by not taking those. <laughs> They're going to go bad. I, I got to eat them. I'm doing you a favor. We, we need Alex to just put together an infomercial about stealing candy. Except it's not stealing candy because it's free. Stealing candy. Yeah, yeah. A PSA about the benefits of taking PSA. candy. PSA. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Can you take them from babies, though? Absolutely. They are weaker than you. They can do nothing. <laughs> it's the most Alex response. <laughs> just take that candy, give the baby a finger, and just... Bye. Oh, no. Yeah, that's why I don't have to do a lot for showing up to Late Starters recordings. I just show up. <laughs> What's up? Keep going. Yep. Okay, after that little flashback, we cut back to present day. Christopher is taunting Senna and asking her to summon some Heinekens. Senna is ignoring him, as she does with all of them for the most part. She thinks about how they are harder to control than chess pieces, and how upset she is that she lost control of David. That Athena, that bitch. But no matter, she will grow stronger, and and she figures out how to manipulate the force and the glow that runs through Everworld, just like she moved that river. Speaking of rivers, David spots one. It's the Nile! They start following it downstream, but it is hot and they have little water, and Senna's like, I'm not going to show any weakness to these people. She remarks on each of the kids in turn. David she relies on because of his hero complex, April she has always disliked, and Christopher she picked because he would cause problems in the group. But now he's becoming a less shitty person, and that doesn't really work for her. And Jaleel. Oh, Jaleel. She thought she had him, but his obsessive compulsion did not translate here, and she's not sure why that is. He was a hard piece to play, and she would need to have him crack the code of Everworld for her. But first, she will punish him greatly for using her in Africa, for spilling her blood and making her look foolish. She could do it right now. But no, what if she failed? Maybe the reason he didn't wash his hands was because he was protected by someone. Maybe someone else was interfering. Maybe she was someone else's chess piece. So I have a couple of thoughts. One, I have been working so hard to try and reform Christopher. I mean, none of that's true. This book was written 20 years ago and there's like <laughs> nothing I can do. But like, like it's been my my personal... like. It's part of my personal journey with this book is to see Christopher become better than he was. And for her to say that it's inconvenient for her, I'm like, I hate you so much. (laughs) I like that. To have that thought about any human being trying to better themselves is just so irritating. That's how you know she's a truly evil person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And my other thought is I was just sitting here thinking about how like serious this this podcast was like when i was listening to it and y'all were talking about frontline and how every every bit that happened and then i'm here talking about andy's mints and i'm wondering like what happened (laughs) you bring a much needed levity (laughs) (laughs) so like serious and informed and i'm all like if you rearrange the letters If you think at any point that I have been serious and informed on any podcast, <laughs> maybe serious, certainly not informed. Oh my god. 
but yeah, that that was my big takeaway. I was like, I I like I'm so mad at Christopher because I want Christopher to be better because like a lot of reasons. Like there are a lot of people who could be just like Christopher and could be better. And I want them to be better too. And I want me to be better. And maybe I can see me be better in Christopher. I don't know. Maybe that one's reaching a little bit, trying to be dramatic, trying to get back to front lines. <laughs> Andy's mints. Um, but <laughs> I'm going to start making D's mints jokes. Do it. That's what we need to start doing. But can you start carrying the mints with you so that when you yeah, do I will. That, yes. I will I will have mints in my pocket. I will hand you a mint and be like, D's mints. Yes. Oh, my God. I'm and- going to be the chonks to your <laughs> <laughs> what i get that's what i get for trying to be serious for one minute i get these mints jokes <laughs> and these mints that's what their new commercial should be yeah i huh. really I... want some now <laughs> but back to your first point for just a second then we can get back to the these mints things i just saw this thing today this like therapy quote which i'm sure is out of context Please don't ever get your therapy from this podcast. Dear God, do fucking anything else. But it was this quote from from a therapist that was talking about how like when you are looking back at like your teenage years and like how shitty you were and everything, it's just you recognizing how much you've grown as a person and blah, 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 blah. And like I fucking love that journey for Christopher. I, I super do. And I love that we were all like, oh, God, please redeem yourself. But then now he actually is, which is something that I did not think was possible in, like, the first three or four books that we read. So I'm loving this. I'm loving this so much. Like, it is fantastic to have a character that it was like, oh, dear God, how are we ever going to get away from this? And even now, you're like, this isn't perfect. This isn't, like, you know, this isn't where we want him to be. But damn, is he on a journey? He's marginally better. Yeah, yeah, it, but it, we've still got three books to go, so there's a lot of room for him to get better, better. But yeah, marginally better is is true. But in a character you didn't expect to get better, marginally Not better is something. Yeah. Um, you were talking about how you saw that quote. Um, I was at work today, and a random person walked past me on the phone, and they did. I did overhear them say, "Well, fuck me orthogonally." So that's the quote that I had today, like in my head. And I just I had to stop and be <laughs> that's like, a good one. that's good. I have no clue if that even means anything. It sure does. But I, I do appreciate it. I can't decide I, if it's orthopedic or. Yeah. Yeah. Diagonal. Yeah, I don't, diagonal. I don't know. I, I don't know what they were going for. Orthodontist. I, I, no clue. No clue. But it stayed with me. That's great because that's both a fuck me and a suck it in one thing if it's ortho. <laughs> this guy's just covering a lot of ground. That's covering all the ground. <laughs> yeah. It's a universal phrase now. The scorched earth policy of comebacks. <laughs> Mutually assured destruction. Yeah. Man, I'm just over here like, Leave Jaleel alone. Don't fucking yeah. touch him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's okay. So, like, there was just this throwaway line of, like, is Jaleel being protected by someone? I fucking hope so. Yeah. I want to know who the secret god yeah. in Jaleel's corner is. Yeah. The Elemist. It would be a gamer. 
Yeah, her, her, that, that's another one that just drives me insane. Her, just every interaction she has with Jaleel. Yeah. It's like, just, just, mm, I hate her. It's like she can't control him, so she's like taking it out on him. Yeah. And I hate that. And it's like, the whole time I'm like, I just want Jaleel to push further with the not being able to be controlled. You know, let it, yeah, I just keep pushing back harder. Yeah. that's So did you guys get, I don't know if this is wishful thinking or like genuinely in the text, but as I was reading, every time she would be like, I figured out Jaleel, Jaleel's the harder piece to play, Jaleel's blah, blah, blah. It always felt like she was trying, but like there was still no way she was going to win over Jaleel and what he would do. And mm-hmm. I'm super hoping that's a right feeling. Yeah, I, I absolutely hope so. Yeah. Okay. They finally reach the river, but quickly realize something is wrong. Jaleel points out that the river flooded, which is pretty normal for the Nile, except the trees in it are rotting and dying, which means it's been flooded for a while. It also stinks of dead fish. Dead fish. Also stinks like dead fish. It also stinks like dead It stinks like It's a very candy-themed episode today. We just want candy. Give us candy. I want candy. Stinks like dead fish. David suggests they rest for a bit before proceeding downstream. Jaleel starts to make a comment about the coo hatch, and David cuts him off with a look, and Sana notices, and she goes, ooh, what's going on there? What can I exploit? Because I'm terrible. Um... David tries to brush it off and vamp about, oh, the coup hatch saved us. They'll probably do it again. Blah, 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 blah. Um, Senna knows that the coup hatch are following them to access the promised gateway back to their home planet that Senna said her mother could provide. She laughs to herself about the intricacies and politics of Everworld. And April is like, what are you laughing at? Senna is like, oh, I was just remembering when we were kids and you lent me that panda bear when I was sad. April kind of nods remembering. And then she goes, wait a minute. It was a Tigger, not a panda bear. And Senna laughs in her face because she knows April will spend the next hour completely pissed. It's good to rile up the group and keep them off balance. So anyway, they all go wash in the river. Senna goes upstream by herself and she can feel something weird in the water, like a frustration. And then something else. Danger. She wheels backwards as a crocodile snaps at her, but misses. She starts trying to swim backward to get away from the creature. She notices its mouth is pink and puffy with swollen gums and jagged teeth. She feels herself get stuck in the mud and tries to access the power to get herself away, but she feels herself being cut off from it. She sees her leg in the crocodile's mouth, its upper jaws waiting to snap down. There are suddenly a dozen more crocodiles around her, uh, sliding their lower jaw under her appendages. Holding as if waiting for a signal. I don't, I don't think I'd react well to uh, a crocodile encounter. I'd be in my element. <laughs> I try to punch it in the nose like you would a shark. It's ridiculous. You got hold yeah. the jaw shut with your hands. Yeah, like if you gave me, we'll say eight seconds. A crocodile, you'd take a mile. <laughs> Eight seconds of non-panicked time, I'd be like, oh, I just need to hold their mouth shut. But that eight seconds of non-panicked time would not happen. It it would just not. It would be pure and total panic. Well, and there's a lot of them, and you only have two hands. Yeah, this is also true. Now you're down to one. 
I hate Senna. Ugh. Why? What is so upsetting about picking the wrong stuffed animal? I that was the other thing. I'm like, ugh, man, sick burn, bro. Yeah, Wait, like, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Oh, this has got to be. This has got to be Senna being like, this is gonna eat at her all day, and April's like, yeah, idiot. It was a tigger. Yeah, that's Ooh. what I'm hoping. I like the idea of Senna being like, mm, master, I'm playing I'm chess, not checkers. And everybody else is like not paying attention to her at all. She's actually playing like the pin jumping game at Cracker Barrel. Like, okay, honey, have fun. I love that, actually. I would love that, especially for the fact that like at the end of the series, when we can complete this whole metaphor, she could be like the, you're a real dunce, because she still has like three pegs left in the board. <laughs> Oh, no. What? The three pegs are Jaleel, David, and April. No. Yeah. Christopher didn't make it. No. Oh, my God. So now we will definitely have to rate her based on how many pegs are <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that could get so dark. Yeah. Be like, oh, she had one peg. I guess she's a genius. She's a genius, ain't she? She's not an ignoramus. Oh, I hope she's an ignoramus. <laughs> you see how deep I am in Cracker Barrel lore, too? <laughs> Dude, the fucking cheesecake cheese curds from that the Minnesota State Fair. You sent me a TikTok. It was oh, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Minnesota State Fair featured foods. Pickle lemonade, by the way, Pickle Boy. Oh, I bet your pickled lemonade is kind of good. I bet it's great. Uh, uh, I love lemonade. I hate pickles. So That's I don't. That's problem right there. I don't know how I would net out pickles? on that one. If you lemonade. Okay. Okay. That's fair. If, if an aid. If an aid. <laughs> Dude, I was talking to myself in my car today, driving home, and I was trying to like pronounce things badly, and I was like, yeah, I'm from Virginia. <laughs> I was like, that would be a horrifying. I can't imagine saying that to someone to their face. I I can. Okay. I would like to do that forever now. I was about to say that seems appropriate now. Like that's how I'm gonna see it from now on. Virginia. The Virginia Islands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like a Virginia. <laughs> Touch for the very first time in year. <laughs> we have fun here on and a more synonymous. <laughs> we hope you're having fun too. Ugh. Okay, back to fucking Senna getting attacked by fucking crocodiles. Uh, the others, the other children, overhear the commotion. They come running and they see Senna lying naked, covered in mud, being supported by crocodiles. What a fucking sight. David's like, hey, no one move. She's like, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. And she knows he is helpless, but she still hates him and she hates all of them for laughing at her helplessness. Then one of the crocodiles speaks and says that they serve the Lord Sobek. And Christopher's like, wow, talking alligators. What to eat? Just let them eat her. Senna is trying not to appear completely terrified, so she calls out to the great and glorious Lord Sobek. She hears a voice bubbling below the water that says he cannot respond to her because that is not his full title. His full title is Lord Sobek, God of Crocodiles of the Nile, called Rager, Son of Seth, and his consort Neith, Nurse of Crocodiles. Ugh. And Senna is like, okay, cool, got it. Lord Sobak, god of alligators. And he's like, no, 
That is incorrect. You fucked it up, and I will not respond to you. This whole thing was very Animorphs, by the way. I loved it. <laughs> oh, my God. You're saying that Lord Sobek is a Helmacron. <laughs> <sighs> saying, saying Senna is Jake. Er, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Senna is Jake. Lord Sobek is Cassie. That's what I'm saying. Um, so, yeah, he's like, fuck you. Jaleel gives it a whirl. He nails it perfectly. And Sobek is like, yes, mortal, what is up? And a seven foot tall shirtless dude with a crocodile head and a necklace made of real squirming golden crocodiles rises from the river. So adorable. Jaleel is like, hey, can you let her go, please? And he's like, no, she's a witch. And she dirtied my river water with her nasty self. And Jaleel is like, she is very sorry and also dumb. Can you please find it in your heart to forgive her? Senna starts to speak for herself, but the crocodiles lower their upper jaws within an inch of her flesh. And Christopher is like, you might want to shut up. Your lawyer is talking. And she is very upset by this. David tells Sobek that she is the daughter of a priestess of Isis, who they are going to go see. Yes. Isis. Yes. Okay. Um, Sobek seems intrigued by this. He laments about not being able to connect with Isis because of the foul gold-grubbing mortals that built a dam and blocked his way to the river. And as he and this kids are starting to talk nicely and finally get somewhere, then coup hatch blades start flying through the air and chop off the upper jaws of all of the crocodiles. Just cuz, I guess. Sobek is like, no, my babies, my little baby children. And David runs forward and grabs Senna and hauls her up onto the bank. April throws her her clothes and Senna puts them on as Sobek whines about his children. That's right, he whines petulantly, saying that this is all new and it's not proper and he doesn't like it. They catch sight of three adults and one juvenile kuhatch on the ridge who nod to David and then bounce. So now David is like, alright, fuck you Sobek, let us go or we'll fuck you up and eat your children. And Jaleel is like, but we could get along too and you could provide us with a boat maybe. Sobek is like, that won't work. You won't pass the dam. And Christopher says, we'll blow it up then, damn it. Very funny joke, Christopher. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> and Sobek's like, well, that's an interesting plan. I, if you blow up the dam, I will not be mad at you anymore. Senna thinks this is a great idea because she wants to arrive in Egypt as saviors, which apparently will help get her in with her mom or something. I don't know. Sobek regales them with his sad backstory of why he was exiled out of the city because he killed Horus. It's a little bit of murder, no big deal. Um, and even though his sentence was up, he had still not been summoned back to the city and he wants to go! Damn it! So Senna is like, alright, we'll free the Nile and if we don't, you can feed us to your children. They have a deal. You can feed us to your children with no top jaws. Yeah. Which I'm sorry, the idea of a crocodile trying to eat with just a bottom jaw is kind of funny. Um, so, uh, I I do want you to know that we will be playing a game next time we all see each other in person, where at some point you will say, hey Tim, and I will say, that is not my full title, I will not respond to you. <laughs> and you will have to make up at least four separate titles for me before I will address you oh, on the spot. There a- is no, like, actual correct answer to this. Dude, that sounds oh, like an is. escape room puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> like, I will not give you the clue unless you say my full title, and then you have to yeah. guess what the title is. Rumble I love that. Stiltskin-ass motherfucker. Yeah! <laughs> What's my name? 
<laughs> I will talk like Kim Boomy the entire time. What is my name? <laughs> what is your quest? <laughs> what is your favorite color? <laughs> they do have the same voice. Holy shit. <laughs> they kind of do, yeah. Yeah. Welcome to old people camp. I, this is now how Lord Sobek talks in my in my head canon. I only did a little bit of murder. A little murder <laughs> never hurt anyone. I love King Boomy so much. He's goddamn great. He is. Oh. Man. All right. Sobek manifests a sailboat with a full crew. I think the boat is called a Dow. And David gets another boat nerd moment. Then he starts fretting about losing the coup hatch. Jaleel figures it's better for them to stay further back, because even though they saved their lives multiple times, they are unpredictable and out of control, and Sobek is probably going to make them pay for what they did to his children. David's like, all right, fine. And he goes to the man at the tiller, who's a man named Seknaf, to take them out, but keep them out of sight for when they actually get to the dam. So the kids get to relax a little bit and enjoy the boat ride with food and alcohol. Senna contemplates the bigger things, like how Sobek cut her off from the power. What exactly were gods anyway, and what did it mean that she was only half of human god thing? Then Christopher starts taunting her, saying things like, Oh yeah, you definitely almost got killed by those crocodiles, and oh yeah, your blood kills plants. We found that out when we knocked you out and threatened to kill that tree, you remember that? Anyway, so maybe you would have just killed the crocs when they tasted your blood. Senna knows he is taunting her because he saw her naked and scared and helpless. So she kind of like curls in on herself, but secretly presses her fingers into one of her wounds. And then she darts forward and sticks the blood in his glass of wine. She's like, hey, you should drink that. And she starts summoning the power to force his will, knowing that she can do it because he already wants to drink. And she knows that part of him still wants her as well. As she uses the power, she can feel herself tiring. He finally chugs it and he laughs, but he is clearly rattled and his knuckles are white. Senna smiles at him sweetly and tries not to pass out as she goes back to her seat, but she knows Jaleel sees her stumbling. She knows that that was stupid. But then she realizes, even though she can't punish Jaleel here, she can punish him in the real world. Hate her. Such I hate bitch. her so much. Yep. I do wonder if the, like, if the paranoia thing is, is something. Senna's paranoia? Yeah. Like, because we're in her head, it's like, how much of this is actually, like... Oh, she's so she's the most unreliable narrator. Yeah. Every time I hear her, I'm like, this is wrong. Like, it, it feels to me, like, so clear that she thinks she has so much more control over the situation than she genuinely has. Yeah. I, the question sort of is, is how much, how much does she realize that? It seems like not nearly enough you know how much not of it as is much just, as she should for sure yeah how much of it is is just the show and how much of it is no it seems like she really thinks that she's got this thing whole planned out and worked out and as things come she'll just fix them and give what she wants and i hate all of it mm-hmm. all of it all of it well several hours later senna watches everybody's spirit cross over into the other world as they fall asleep Senna is different. Her entire body is an Everworld, but she can exist in both places and can spiritually cross over whenever she wants. The only problem is, whenever she does, she can feel someone or something watching her. 
As she starts to cross now, she can see everything start to flatten into two dimensions. The ship and the people and Sobek following them a little ways away. This part was a little iffy to me. I'll, I'll just say she basically like tesseracts into the real world, whereupon it is also night. It feels foreign to her, and she doesn't feel like she belongs there in this glowless world. She flits above it and looks for a body to project herself into. She could project herself into this world, but it was exhausting, and it required keeping the gate between the two worlds open, and it would draw attention to her. It was easier to find an accepting mind. And who better than to find someone mad, insane, or delusional? She finds her target, a 300-pound homeless man with a baby face and a tiny coat asleep on a Salvation Army cot, and pushes into his brain. She says, let's go for a walk. He says, you're not real. I took my medication. And she says, I'm with the CIA, and you forgot to wear your tinfoil hat. Now get up. They wander the dark and empty streets of the Chicago suburb. She hates this town with its boring rich people, and she hates the house she grew up in. She doesn't understand why her mother left her here with these terrible, boring people. The only solace she found was at church. She loved the enforced quiet and the ritual of it, and there she could practice her powers. It was easy to make someone scratch their head in the pews when they were in the same meditative state as she. She knew she was different from a young age, but she kept it to herself, and knew no one would help her make it stronger. She never felt like Fat Billy, but she wondered if the mentally ill could see even a fraction of what she saw so naturally. She had liked Jaleel because of his crazy. She walks Fat Billy to his house now, because whatever protects him in Everworld can't protect him here. So I have always been very interested in conspiracy theories. Yeah. I don't subscribe to any of them, generally, I don't think. I don't think there's one. I do like the imagery of somebody wearing a tinfoil hat and Senna. Like, you could see her ghost form, this tiny little ghost Senna trying to get into someone's head and just bouncing off a tinfoil <laughs> hat repeatedly because it turns out that that one was correct and it would keep stuff out of your brain. If only. Yeah, I did love that imagery, though. Dude, this was like the most Animorphs books that we've had so far. Senna's the yeah. yeah, she's absolutely. <sighs> yeah, she kind of is, though. Mm -hmm. Also, I read this as a greater commentary on preying on the vulnerable members of society. Mm -hmm. That's what it was supposed to be. I I'm just got hung up on tinfoil hats as a comment and missed the bigger, more important part of the book, as usual. I'm just the these... basic ass bitch ready to take the first theory thrown my way. These mints. These mints. I didn't look hard for the tinfoil hat theory as I could have. Uh, see, that's the problem. I didn't look hard for it either. This is just where I go. Do you know what else is wrapped in foil? Andy's mints. Andy's mints. <laughs> and a potato, yes. But don't put that in the microwave. Can you imagine putting an Andy's mint in the microwave? Oh, I meant the potato. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I no. Don't, I know. I know. <laughs> oh, you but... just... Okay, it's fine. We got there. What if you put an Andy's mint on a potato? Like you melted it. Instead of a butter, mintato. it's like a pat of butter. A mintato! I mean, people put mint sauce on lamb. How different is a potato from lamb? They're basically um, the um. same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Preying on the weaker members of society, I think, is the, the accurate read on all of that, on her, her so. extensive awfulness. No, I'm pretty sure it's the tinfoil hats. <laughs> 
I just, I, I hope that they work. That's all. I hope. <laughs> and I hope that there is a tiny ghost Senna somewhere that's just bouncing <laughs> off them, getting repeatedly very frustrated by the fact that she's been defeated by Tenfoil. Oh my god. Like, the paintings of, like, the Holy Ghost impregnating Mary, where you see the semen flying through the air, but then there's just a little tinfoil hat, and then there's <laughs> a little hat of semen in the air. Little tinfoil condom. <laughs> little tinfoil condom. Or wait, it would there'd be a dental dam or something. Wait, I don't know. I, I don't know. Wait, the condom keeps it, the sperm in. <laughs> it protects you from your ETDs. 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 Oh no! That was like the whole conversation was like a car like slipping off a cliff and then crashing. <laughs> just me in a tinfoil hat with a little <laughs> slogan underneath it that says stay safe from what GE's <laughs> during this serious moment of the book where she's doing awful things to people terrible moment we have to use yeah. humor to cope we're just yeah. like Marco we are we are just like Marco <laughs> oh icon he's an icon all right she fucking continues to be the worst she slips back into Everworld. David is asleep now, and Jaleel is keeping watch. She wants to ask him if he had fun in the real world, and how many times he ended up washing his hands. Fat Billy had stood outside Jaleel's house and screamed about washing his filthy hands and cutting off his dirty hands until the police came to take him away. She had seen Jaleel through his window, saw the frightened look in his eyes, and she knew he wasn't picturing her weak and helpless now. She could handle him, just like she could handle David's insecurities, Christopher's addiction, and April's hatred. Though it still upsets her that she can't seem to hold any sway over the gods. She still needed Jaleel to help her crack the software of Everworld. And he would help her, because he also had the desire to understand and to control himself. David wakes up then and starts quietly whispering to Jaleel about the coup hatch. They won't be able to catch up now that the wind is picked up and the boat is moving faster. Jaleel says that David prepaid for that second save by giving them the rifling idea. David cuts the conversation off and goes to talk to Sek Seknaf, establishing that they'll be at the dam soon, and he wants to send out a scouting party in one of the small rowboats. He wants to take Jaleel and Senna with him, the latter because she is good at shapeshifting, and because she's becoming a pain in the ass with April and Christopher. She's like, what if I don't want to come? And he's like, well, you're the one who made the deal with Sobek. He leaves April and Christopher in charge of making sure the boat stays in place by any means necessary, and he mimes shooting himself in the head, to which Christopher replies, if we had some of those, the whole universe would be working for us. Dun-dun-dun foreshadowing! Okay, a couple of things real quick. I forgot to mention something about uh, somebody, Cinna saying that she felt watched when she was traveling between worlds. <laughs> do we think? Well, that, that, Do we think that's another god, or do we think that's Cinna's mom? <gasps> oh. Okay. Now, that being said, does Senna's mom have this ability to take over people? And was that Senna's mom who was in the driveway that one time when David <gasps> threw up? Was was that somebody, was that an active participant in this Everworld thing and not somebody who just knows something that's going on? Hmm. These are these are things. These, these are, are all things. good things. These are things. Yeah. But I, you know what I thought when she said that somebody was watching her when she was traveling was that it was the frog from Unicorns of Balinor that we thought was a dog named Link the entire book. 
who turned out that it was actually a frog who was like the manager of the yeah. the 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 way you travel between worlds. Yeah. And so I'm wondering if there's a frog here who's managing the whole like subway system of travel and mm-hmm. just watching Senna. Or is it Senna's mom who also has the same power? Or was You're it the frog that was in that lady? So song? hard to get the Unicorns of Balinor as written by K.A. Applegate right now. Are you telling me you're not? This would be the dream. I haven't. I First of all, yeah, it would be the dream. But I haven't subscribed to your frog theory quite yet. What if it's a frog named Link? Could be a frog named Link. What if it's a dog named Link? Because, as we all know, in the Unicorns yeah. Balinor, the frog was turned into a dog. Permanently. By the dream speaker. By the dream speaker. Atlanta. All the people that don't listen to horse girls actively are <laughs> thinking that we are high as shit right now. <laughs> <laughs> dream speaker and a frog named Link between worlds. Okay. Probably a bunch of people telling me to put my tinfoil hat back on. Yeah, put the tin ho- put the tin foil fat back on is what <laughs> is just gonna say. Wow. Put You've been hanging around on. Austin way too much because that sounded back. like a that sounded like a legit saying. That did. That did, <laughs> put, and it sounded so Austin y. <laughs> put the tin hole fat back on. <laughs> There's also like just that like you just need to say it like with a southern accent now, as Yeah, it? you do. Yeah. Austin. Austin. Put the tin hole fat back on. We're gonna watch the Adam Driver Meteor movie. <laughs> do you think this could be a frog named Link? Is that the dream speaker coming to speak to the poor is what's going to happen. The unprotected members of society and their tin hoil fats. <laughs> Numenor stomps in and just skewers Senna. Dude, if Numenor killed Senna, I would love that series. That That's the crossover of the century. That, absolutely. There's a character named Numenor? Yeah, he's the golden king of the uni- unicorns of uh, the special religious place. Is that Numenor, a Lord of the Rings name? Yes, the, blo- the blood of Numenor. Yeah. Okay. First of all, Mary Stan was pretty sure she was writing her Lord of the Rings when she wrote Unicorns of Valinor. Sure. Like that's plenty established. Like she was trying to write Lord of the Rings. Yeah. That so. sounds like a a way to say that it's her magnum opus. I think it is her magnum opus, cut short only by her. Terrible fall from her horse in which she broke her leg. Oh, no. She's fine. That was 10 years ago. Anyways, we decided that K.A. Applegate should take the wheel from Mary Stanton. And so I feel like we're now, we've we've said it from one section, and now we're trying to bridge the gap from the other section. Like, we've gone <laughs> to the Mary Stanton land and said, hey, you should hand this off to K.A. Applegate. Now we're in K.A. Applegate land, and we're trying to be like, hey, you should write this for Mary Stanton. Hell yeah. Did, did we? Did we just bridge the gap? Alex? We are the Sendas. <laughs> Senda it. Get your tin hoil fats on. Let's get this fucking shit together. Send it on the way. I just, you know, the first episode of Horse Girls, Year Southern, was so bad. I know. And it's come so far now. I've grown. Yeah. All that to say, we need to get back on track here. Uh, I think that it's Senna's mom who is watching all of this. And I can't figure out if Senna's mom, like, surely she's not on 
Senna's side in all of this. I feel like Senna's mom was like, I sent you to your father to learn some fucking humility. Yeah. And you come back to me like this. <laughs> yeah. I, I did this to keep you safe, and now you're oh. evil. Because if you, we had stuck together, you would have learned from me, and you would have become twisted and terrible. Yeah. You would have become powerful and evil, but I thought by sending you away and not teaching you the deep magic that you would be protected oh. from your evil nature. She had to get sent away. Send away. To, to send away. To uh, send away, send away. Send um, away. <laughs> uh, she had to get sent to live with her uncle and aunt on Tatooine so oh, that Darth. Drive. <laughs> so that Darth wouldn't know where to find her. Can't wait till Adam That's... Driver enters this arc. <laughs> It always comes back to Adam Driver, like everything we do. The distant future, the year 65 million years ago. (laughs) He's the driver of this podcast. We pulled from his rib this podcast. (laughs) Have we we had the idea for the bumper sticker, the Adam Driver is my co-pilot? No. I think that's a funny bumper sticker. It's not funny when you bump into the Meachers, is it? <laughs> I feel like we need an Adam Driver killed the dinosaurs bumper sticker. Yeah, I, absolutely. I would wear that t-shirt. <laughs> we would have to get it signed by him somehow. Yeah. What other of my works have you seen? He will ask as we stand in line in front of him. And we'll be like, just 65. Just 65. And he'll be like, dear God, what is wrong with you? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on this tangent one day about him bumping the meteors and causing the meteors to hit Earth, and then the the guy who made that film is just gonna stand up and be like, "You get it, you get it. Nobody else has understood." Gets it. It's gonna be your Shia LaBeouf moment, like where you do the whole production about Shia LaBeouf, and then he stands up clapping in the dark theater until the spotlight goes on him, and then he just sits back down quietly. <laughs> I'm waiting. I've been waiting my whole life for my Shia LaBeouf moment. <laughs> Haven't we all? Jaleel, David, Senna, all set out into the night on a little rowboat. They row for a while until they hear the sound of voices, and coming into view, they see torchlights stretched across the river. Through the night, they can see the wooden timbers of the dam. They beach the boat and start sneaking over there through the shallow water. Uh, they pass by a partially submerged house and can see the dam clearly from the roof. There is also a blockhouse nearby from which they can hear voices singing and telling tales. The people guarding the dam are dwarves, which look a sight weird in the middle of Egypt, as they are a European myth. They watch for a while and then start to climb down. Senna knocks something into the water and it alerts all of the dwarves who come running and yelling towards them. David whispers to her that if she has a trick, now is the time to use it. Then he grabs Jaleel and the two sink almost completely under the water to hide. Senna takes a deep breath and draws from the power. And as the dwarves approach, they are dumbstruck. They say, it's the lady. How may we serve you? And Senna starts this whole song and dance about being their lady and praising them for their magnificent dam, upon which they tell her there is gold to be had, panning it from the waters. She mourns that they are so far from home, and tomorrow she will show them a golden vein that will make them richer beyond their dreams. In return, they will build a shrine to her. And then she's like, go, go, run away now. So they do. And they are skeptical, but enamored with the idea of gold. The kids book it out of there. And when they are safe, Jaleel is like, 
what did you even do back there? And Senna is like, I did magic, which I know you love, Jaleel. I let myself look like a beautiful woman dressed in gold, because every mythology has a beautiful lady rising from the waters. I assumed the dwarves had one and that she would be covered in gold. People are fairly predictable, you know. They do not thank her for saving them, but Jaleel asks David how they're going to knock the dam down. David says, I have a plan, but I hope Sobek doesn't mind not getting his boat back. So, imagine a situation, because this is going to happen, where I am walking, and somebody drops a piece of paper next to me. And I pick up that piece of paper, and I hand it back to them, and they say, thank you. And I say, you can repay me by building a shrine of me. Because this is how I feel like I should respond in most situations now whenever anybody says thank you. Regardless of the level of effort that I had to put forth. Like if I hold a door open and somebody says thank you, this is the response they're going to get. Just demand a shrine. (laughs) The first person that approaches me for help with this endeavor, I will stop at nothing to enter your home, steal your things in the middle of the night, and build the creepiest (laughs) shrine We'll spare no expense. <laughs> yeah, this was a plot of an Avatar episode, though, as well. It, oh, it absolutely was, wasn't it? Yeah, you're right! Oh, oh, my goodness. I didn't even catch that, but you're absolutely right. Fuck yeah. Oh, it's true! <laughs> <laughs> All right, they get back to the boat. It's hot. The sun is, is hot. It's a hot sun. Uh... David is like, I'm going to bed, and then I'll tell you my plan, and then he proceeds to tell them his plan. He's going to light the boat on fire and and run at the dam. Because this boy, this boy, his solution to everything is arson, apparently. (laughs) Um, And then he goes to bed, and Seknaf takes his orders without question, because he's going to go fill the boat with flammable things. Senna marvels at David's ability to convince people to do whatever he wants. She chose well with him though she can't let him get too out of control. A pawn can cross an entire board to become a queen. As she sits down, she has a drink, and she thinks about what it will be like when she reunites with her mother. We get a little history lesson on Isis. She is great with magic, and she punished Sobek for killing her son, Horus, born from her husband and brother, Osiris. I wondered when we were going to get to the incest. Yay, (laughs) mythology! Anyway, as she imagines meeting her mother, part of her... thought about demanding why her mother left her in a world with a family that hated her. But no, she wouldn't do that. She wouldn't give her mother that satisfaction. She's her own woman now. Then she starts daydreaming about ruling Everworld, and she thinks about the fact that April CD player crossed over, and it still works. A gate swings open in both directions. She has to stay alive long enough to lay down the groundwork, and then she will come for Jaleel, and her mother, and her sister, and all of them. Fucking chill, Senna. Jesus Christ. So David is going to set the boat on fire and send it into a wooden dam. Yeah. And I don't know about y'all, but this is why I read books. This exact thing. These are the moments. Like, I'm like, will I ever set a boat on fire and send it into a wooden dam? No. Why not? Do I, I will never come across a wooden dam, probably. I was um <laughs> I was about to say like, I don't think they make them out of wood anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um but I'm like this this is the this is the taking me to other places to see the things that I need from books. Let's set boats on fire and send them into wooden dams. Not in real life. 
You could set a beaver dam on fire, but that would be super rude. I feel like it would. Like, I'm not... That would be. I don't want to make the beavers mad. Yeah. Just being beavers. Just being little friends. Those industrious motherfuckers. Yeah. Like horses, they have to chew things to keep their teeth down to a regular level. So do I. (laughs) I've seen you try to fight your teeth with the sweet tea that you drink. Oh, we're not going to do this. We're not going to do <laughs> I, this. We, I assume you're fighting your teeth. There was sweet tea and maple syrup are in the, the demilitarized zone. We've had this conversation. Those are off the table. We have a demilitarized zone. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, this is this is super derailed. Um, but Shannon the other day went to a work event where they were offering food, and one of the specialties that they had at like one of the drink stations was sweet tea. And... Shannon said, is this like Southern sweet tea? Because she's met Tim. And the lady was like, yeah, I think so. It's like sweet and tea. Like, I don't know. Like, if you're an expert, like, it probably isn't like what you're looking for kind of thing. And Shannon goes, I have no idea what I'm looking for. I just know it's important. I find it. (laughs) Uh, Did Shannon try the sweet tea? I don't think so. Oh, you try the sweet tea, sweet pea. (laughs) Don't say that. That's creepy. Isn't sweet pea its own thing? Is maybe I've just seen it as a scent. I thought sweet pea was like its own its own scent. Like a sweet pea was a plant. It, I think so. I thought it was a pet name. I've eaten sweet peas. Oh, so it is a plant. I don't. I don't think it's the plant. I think it's the part you eat of the plant. I don't think there's a sweet pea plant. What is a pea but a? But that's like. But something persevering. What are peas but grass persevering? <laughs> Roundly. It's corn. It's Spherically. Corn. <laughs> Orthogonally. I'm just going to, next time somebody gives me peas, I'm just going to flip the bowl over. I'm like, I don't want your round grass. Take your sphere weeds out of my sight. <laughs> it's the sphere weeds. The least favorite of the legumes. <laughs> Those are tiny green meatures. <laughs> now I'm just in this whole scenario about Tim, like, running across the stage, slow-mo to dive between Adam Driver and the bowl of peas. <laughs> I will not be responsible for what is about to happen. Well, save the dinosaurs. <laughs> I'm going to save the dinosaurs. I get up covered in mushed pea. And I look at Adam Driver and I'm like, what T.E.? And then I run away. <laughs> and then Michael Grant's smoking a cigar in the background and he's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm singing like a Virginia. This is the pitch for our Broadway play. <laughs> what we just did was basically the interior moment of Moulin Rouge where they were pitching a play yes. by yes-anding each other. Yes. It's good. It's good. It's good to hang with y'all. <laughs> What are we talking about? Sweet peas. (laughs) I I don't know where we came from or where we went. Cotton Eye Joe. Like, (laughs) syphilis. God damn it. Get your tinfoil hat. (laughs) It's a tinfoil hat. (laughs) Oh, fuck me. I'm crying. All right, I'm going to move on. Fuck me octagonally. Okay, I'm, I'm doing. I'm doing. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. They're burning the dam. They're gonna burn the dam. 
Uh, and then they're like, but what, what happens when the, water, when the fire reaches the water line? And David's like, well, it'll burn out, but hopefully the structure will be weakened enough to collapse. The break break the dam. Release the river. Um, it will cause a huge flood. That will kill a lot of people. But it's okay, because the dwarves are foreigners, and they weren't supposed to be there. Besides, they need the floods to fertilize the land. And it's totally fine. They're saving Egypt. Shut up, April. And April's <laughs> like, but why are we once again doing what Senna wants? Why are we doing what Senna wants? It's always about what she wants. But Senna knows that April also doesn't want to be crocodile food. They prep the fire, which burns in a ventilated clay pot, carried by four winged pegasus. No, sorry, that's not what we're doing. Everybody gets on small <laughs> boats, except for David, who's at the tiller. Jaleel asks David if he's going to jump off, and David sarcastically says, Uh, no, I'm going down with the ship, duh. And Christopher is like, he would, though. And that seems important to me, for, for reasons later. Um, they drift closer and closer until they are within sight of the dwarves and the dam. David waits until pretty much the very last moment to kick the pot over and light everything on fire and get himself into the water. Then the wind picks up just then and blows the boat into the dam, and the whole thing just lights the fuck up, and David gets into Christopher's boat, and he's fine. Everything's good. They head to shore and stand on alert in case any dwarves come their way. And Senna lets herself trip back into the real world because she has her own troops to command. There is for sure, like, the wind picked up at exactly the right time. The wind picked up the sails, moved something. Yes. Senna's mom. It happened in book, Galahad book with, yep. with yep. April and the trolls. Yeah. Yep. Or, 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 or whoever Senna's mom is fighting. Because, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. There there could be an anti Senna's mom who wants Senna to succeed. Oh and and when they fell in the book in the first book when they fell and then they slowed yeah. down. <laughs> yep. And they had the mm-hmm. boat with the stuff in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh my god. Things you forget. That's who's about. protecting Jaleel. <gasps> but that could have been Senna too though, right? It could have. Yeah. But it could have been somebody else. Yeah, like I assumed, like back when we read it, that it was probably Senna. But but now it's like, hmm, but it could be. Yeah, it's just Cryak and Elemis playing a game. Fuck, it is. It is. They start talking about poets and moans. We know for sure. Poets and moans. Mm And 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 these mints. He got us. Why did you read that like you were about to go into a commercial for our sponsors? <laughs> I was really worried about how many times I'd have to say and before one of y'all did it. Twice. Twice. You won't get me again, Tim. You won't get me again. You gotta come up with something else. I'm not falling for it again. We can't keep doing this. <coughs> I am seriously, tomorrow, when I'm out, I might I might stop at a store and get Andy's mints, though, because... And sweet peas. And sweet peas. Oh, have you had the the dried foils? And tinfoil. That's a good. Okay, I'm gonna make an Everworld themed shopping list. (laughs) You don't want to get those wet teas. Wet teas. No, the the dried peas. Yeah. Yeah. The dried peas are amazing. Tomato flavor, tomato basil. Yeah. They have they have a bunch of different flavors. Yeah, but tomato basil is like. They used to have. uh, I don't know if they still do or not, but they had wasabi peas. Oh, those are good. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. I can't eat more than one at a time, though, because then my sinuses explode. 
<laughs> the fiery What's upies? They really missed. They really missed a marketing opportunity there. What to eat with upies? To eat with Oh my god, the Everold Peace Diet. Oh, they said diet. The Everold Peace <laughs> Diet. Everworld peace diet. Wait, you know what I would love? <laughs> yeah. I would love if Everworld went super hard into like a vegetable co brand with the book and then Animorphs was the anti broccoli smear campaign. Oh. Like they're really just like trying to branch into the grocery market and they've yeah. been doing it through children's literature. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't get that Cinnabon tie in, so they gotta they gotta explore their avenues. Fuck. But there could have been another Cinnabon tie-in with Cinna in Cinnabon, this book. Yeah. They're still playing yeah. that game. They're playing that yeah. line. Hey, yeah. we do Cinnabon and everything. Yeah. But this time they had to do plausible deniability. Yeah. They can't look too desperate. Can't look desperate in front of Cinnabon. Mm-hmm. That's how they get you. Mm-hmm. Uh, an Everworld-themed cereal called Cinna Cinnas. Cinna Cinnas? Yeah. It's C-I-N-N-A. Can we make that um, like a toaster strudel kind of deal so that we can get an icing situation happening? Sure. We can do whatever we want. Fuck yeah. This is our Everworld, and we may (laughs) manipulate it to whatever. The Everworld is your oyster. Your Ever Oyster. Your Ever Oyster. Frosted Oyster. Ugh. Ugh. Froysters. (laughs) Froysters. Toaster Froysters. Oh, can you imagine putting an oyster in your toaster? Mm. (laughs) No. And then, oh, and then you drizzle the frosting on it like a toaster strudel. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Gross. Make a nice little drawing on your toasted oyster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've said oyster too many times. Oyster. 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 It doesn't sound right anymore. Did it ever sound right? <laughs> Probably not. Oh, oysters. Oysters. No, it sounds like coo hatch to me. Uh, what if this whole time we were supposed to be slurring that word together? So it was like coo hatch. So it was very Al Pacino. I don't know what that means. Oh, Say the people listening at home do. That's the only. It's all that matters to me. Fly pelican, fly pelican. <laughs> you just did a really good Al Pacino impression, and I don't think you know that you did it, Alex. I'm glad. Sometimes you do so bad you nail it. But we've also been working on that one for ten years. The, the, the pelican thing? Yeah. That's true. Okay. Do we want the final piece of evidence to why Senna is the worst? Please. Okay. Senna is the worst. The worst. Yeah. Okay. I want you for a moment to picture a small room in a dirty t-shirt store in North Chicago. Four bare walls. A window blocked with black construction paper. Dirty carpet. Several rows of, rows of folding chairs. A crude altar that has been built on the wall behind it, it's a poster showing two ellipses separated but joined together by a muscular man holding one in each hand. Senna's consciousness floats above this room to view its occupants. Eighteen men have showed up, four more than last time. All sheep. She feels the energy in the room. She feels this twisted rage, resentment, and absence of hope. There is a true psychopath here. He has come twice before. It's our old friend Keith. Ah! She draws all of her powers together. She's already tired. And manifests her image into a god that she's invented. She is a man because men like men leaders, apparently. Um, girls yeah, short. Don't like boys, girls like boys. <laughs> the money. <laughs> not, enough, not enough good Charlotte references. 
Only the mediocre Charlotte references have made it in so far. <laughs> mediocre Charlotte should be my Twitter name. <laughs> please, please do it. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So she's she appears as a man with short gray military cut hair draped in blazing white, and she kind of only manifests at the head and the shoulders, which is kind of weird to me. But every, everyone gasps. They're like, "Oh my god!" Um, she's like, "Hey, I'm this guy." Please report to me now. And her high priest, which is a man named Dawkins, tells her that they have acquired 12 more automatic weapons, two cases of grenades, and four grenade launchers. Senna says they need 100 armed men before they can advance to the next level. One of the new guys is like, but what is that, though? And she's like, I will show you. And she opens the gateway just a little bit. Just enough for them to see Loki's castle, Huitzilopochtli's sparkling city, Nadagar on his mountain of gold, and basically all the MVPs of Everworld. Everyone oohs and ahs and gasps and marvels, and Senna screams that all of it will belong to them. This kingdom will be theirs. Each of them will be a king and she a god. But they must bring more weapons, enough to batter down the walls of the castles. Keith is like, ooh, there is always the National Guard. I know a guy. Senna's like, cool, do that, bye! And she falls back into Everworld and passes out from exhaustion. They have blown up the dam, hooray! Jaleel looks at Senna and he's like, what the heck is wrong with you? And she's like, I'm good, I'm good! And she thinks to herself, wahaha, you don't even know what's coming, you fools. When my plan comes to fruition and my soldiers invade Everworld, shall I call myself a queen or a goddess? And that is where we end the first part of this book. So she's building an army of garbage. Like, she might be Victor Trent. See, and we okay. would never know it. Here's the thing. I didn't think she was Victor Trent. I thought she was the guy that Edris infested in the original series that started the cult that got people to join the sharing initially. Oh. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I hate her. Yeah, she's awful. And I have to know. Like, I was so... Like, her building her army in the real world in order to invade Everworld was that was the part where I was like, well, I can't stop reading now, but I have to stop reading now. And I hate all of it. And didn't, didn't you call it that, that the Nazis were tied in with the, with the Everworld or something? I think, I think it was either Jaleel or Christopher that called it. Wasn't one of them the it one was that was talking about how... implied in the book that Keith was potentially somehow the Everworld evil slipping into the... Like, there was yeah. kind of the implication yeah. was what we talked about. And so, like, he may have been getting his strings pulled the whole time by evil mm-hmm. Senna, mm-hmm. saying, hey, go mess with Christopher if he's not going to join up. Uh-huh. Uh, who knows? Maybe she did try to recruit Maybe Christopher. Maybe that's why Christopher is her greatest failure, because she sent them to beat up Christopher as the Nazi guys, and that's what caused his biggest moment of reform, was Julia yeah. saving him there. Maybe. Oh. It's all starting to tie in, and I need to read more. Yeah. It's all coming together. Oh, yeah. It's all coming together. It's a really good book series about people that I don't like, which is the opposite of what we got when we did Hearst Girls in Red Twilight, which was a book series that I didn't want to read about people that I didn't like. It really hit that like teeter totter moment of like the characters were so awful as people when we first started reading that we didn't want to continue. And like now in this situation and like getting to that growth, it just, it ramped up more slowly (laughs) than I think 
yeah. we were used to of a KA Apple game. Book. Yeah. But yeah. now we're there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we still got three books left. <sighs> yeah. It, in a half, right? Yeah. yeah. I have to know. Yeah. I did change my Twitter name to Mediocre Charlotte, by Thank the way. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God. I'm going to start reading tonight. Do it. Shit. What else? I feel like it's one of those moments where it's like, I can't even think of anything else to say because I so much just want to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same. It's yep. the same. Like, that's that's the takeaway from the first half of this book is give me the second half of this book. To be clear, I fucking hate Senna. And I don't <laughs> like being in her head, though. Ugh. That just confused the shit out of me. Why? I was, I was like, to be clear? No, to that be doesn't clear. Yeah. Yeah. To be clear. <laughs> to be clear. Shushies and shushies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, yes. I don't want to be in Senna's. I, I want to read somebody else. But I know in order to do that, I have to finish this book. So that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. She's just such a pompous fucking asshole. She is. And she, oh, oh. Man, she's clearly got a lot of abandonment issues. She has had one abandonment. <laughs> Did you just abandonment shame her? <laughs> that is a wild move, Alex. I don't even know why I did that. Just look at Senna and be like, you've been abandoned once. Grow up. Like, you have like an upper middle class family with a nice house in the Chicago suburbs and a sister who gave you a fucking toy the first time you met her that you've manipulated and manufactured this fucking rivalry and hatred with because of your shitty behavior. You have a dad and a stepmom who have given you all sorts of shit, even though your dad just fucked this other woman and he found out when the woman dropped a full grown child on the doorstep and said take it home with you from work and like they they did the best they could in this situation it seems to me and you're all like no no my magic powers if only the priest had listened to me and would help me with my magics then everybody would love me because I'd be a good person no fuck you Santa. your mom left you in a loving home with your real father one time and you decided to become a bitch that's on you. I was waiting for the part at the end when you were like, like we haven't all done that. <laughs> like we haven't all been there. Full grown child. Yeah, she was like fucking five or something. With her Barbie backpack. Yeah, you know who else's mom left them? Marco's mom. And he didn't become a little bitch, did he? No. He stepped up to the plate. Moses? Moses's mom left him? Yeah, didn't Moses get floated down a river? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yep, he grew up in a nice middle class, well, more more big, big pharaoh, rich. It's fine. I saw the Prince of Egypt once. <laughs> yeah, I was just film. relying on all of Casey's Prince of Egypt knowledge to explain <laughs> this to me. It's a very beautiful film. Jeff Goldblum's in it. What? Yeah. Yep. And and uh, Vin, Vin Diesel. Val Kilmer. <laughs> Those are wildly different. <laughs> no, I was waiting for her to say Ben Driver. <laughs> Adam Driver. Hang on. I think it's about Kilmer. Hang on. Prince. My dear um, Josephine. Googling stuff. Of Google course, Val Kilmer's Kilmer, most yes. well-known role, Tombstone, and not like any other one of the roles he's done. Yes. Patrick Real Stewart's in genius. it? genius. Oh yeah, Steve Martin and Martin Short, that classic duo. They're the, they're the priest guys. They're playing with the big boys now. I will stop. I've never seen this film. 
So every time I see Steve Martin and Martin Short listed on anything, I think the transitive property and that they're just Steve equals short. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I go to. Yep. Or like, you know, you know, reduce it by getting rid of the Martin. Yeah, mathematically that's correct. Yeah, it's a yeah. It's cancel it's like a have you guys the Martin fraction down to its most basic form? Yeah. The Martin fraction. Ah, yes, the Martin fraction. <laughs> I will explain it now. Um, have you all seen Only Murders in the Building? No, I have not. Vaguely. Okay. okay. Steve Martin, Martin Short, the Martin thing. I almost <laughs> said Selma Hayek. Yeah, that one. <laughs> I almost said Val- Selma Hayek because we just watched The Push in Boots and she's in that. Val Kilmer. Yeah. V- Val Vin, Kilmer. Vin, Vin, Vin Driver. Vin Kilmer. Vin. Vin. <laughs> Val Driver. Yeah. Driving Miss Kilmer. <laughs> The spherical weed. <laughs> what if Driving Miss Daisy was remade with Val Kilmer and Adam Driver, but it's Adam Driver driving and then Val Kilmer just being like, don't go so fast. The Mitra's and the dinosaurs. <laughs> Wait, was Vin Diesel in the, in the fast period? Yeah, that's the yeah. rival driver. Yeah. Okay. We the rival. The rival. Uh, the Atam rival. <laughs> Well, on that note, let's drive out of here. But before we go, we'll leave you with our socials and ways to come at us with your meters. <laughs> How do we do that, Alex? First way. The first way to do that is to send us an email at anonymous. Nope. <laughs> anonymous. Why didn't we just call ourselves the anonymous? That's brilliant. <laughs> It's only taken us 300 episodes to get here, but we finally found a title that we're going to stick with. And this time, it's the one I just said, which has already gone from my brain. Anonymous Animorphs. Nope. Nope. Anonymous Or go to Facebook. Find us. Also, this isn't the podcast where we name it every episode either, by the way. I've started. It's all coming together for me. Previously on Anonymous. This has been the Adam Driver podcast. Hi, my name is Alex. And this. (laughs) Okay. Anonymous Animorphs at gmail.com. Or go to Facebook, which is Animorphs Anonymous, or the Andalite Bandalites, which is our super secret, super awesome subgroup that a lot of people have been joining lately. And thank you for doing that. And talk to us there. It's awesome. Uh, You can also find us on. Twitter at Animorphs Anon or Applegram Podcast and Instagram with Animorphs Anonymous or Applegram Podcast. And those are our socials that you can find us on. Are you tired of socials and you want to be yes. social on not a social? I don't know if Discord's a social. Come to our Discord. Be social with us. Uh, hit us up on our socials that you've now left because you're sick of socials, but you want to. Like, the only way to be social on Discord is to come through our socials to be like how do i be social on you anyway discord we're there we talk we hang out it's fun it's a great place to meet your people yeah all right i've been to the discord i've read your meet your debates i participated in your meet your debates and i need to cool off because i'm fucking livid about the meetures mm-hmm. where can i go to read something that will soothe the bomb that is the death of the dinosaurs on my soul mm-hmm mm. Well, when I'm sad, I like to listen to music and lose myself in a 
tender romance. But that's just me. But if you're also into those things, um, there's a webcomic out there in the world that is made by myself, the person who's talking to you. Hello. Um, I make that. It's called B-Side You. You can read it for free at B-S-I-D-E-Y-O-U-Comic.com. You can read it on top of some webtoons, also for free. And if you're like, oh my god, this balm, I need more of it. I need, I need, I need it every day. And I need it earlier than other people because I'm very special and very invested emotionally. There's Patreon. There's a Patreon you could go to and you can get early access pages and workers' progress pages. That's at patreon.com slash KCD Studios. Please do that. You gotta go there. So goddamn good. Give give Casey alms for the bomb. Come <laughs> get your bomb alms. <laughs> Whoa, Black Betty. Well, I'm <laughs> Patreon.com slash KCD Studios. Go get your arm bombs. Your bombs um, for your arms. Blah, blah. Bomb, blah. Bomb. And then after you've done that, go listen to Tim. Yeah, do that. You can find me on Twitter. I'm Mediocre Charlotte now. <laughs> I'm at Remo Beware. Uh, or you can find me at HorseGirls.Club because I'm on Horse Girls. And I'm really trying to figure out how to make them say and again so I can throw one more in there. I don't know how I'm going to do it. And? Andy's mints. <laughs> Thank you. Alex threw you a phone, but I, was, I told you I wasn't going to do it. <laughs> this whole time, I think Alex has been coughing. And I've thought she's been laughing, so I thought I've been killing it this episode. And she's <laughs> probably just been. been coughing into her shirt. What is a cough but a laugh? <laughs> I'm only coughing because I've been laughing and then I choke and yeah. then I cough. It's a cyclical. It is a cyclical. A, you know what else is cyclical? Yeah. The spherical weed. The spherical weed. Sweet pea. Ain't you just a sweet little pea? Alex, what else do you do besides you cough? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> She didn't get to that mute button in time. That was that was amazing. Dying. I'm dying. Listen, this is as some of you might have been able to tell by my inability to get to the mute button in time. This is the end for me. So to listen to me in absentia. Adam Driver hit the meteors and took out Alex. I am going the way of the dinosaurs. She's gonna, you... she's gonna turn into a bird in a couple of days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. The dream. I'm gonna lose all my teeth, but I am gonna be flight capable, so it's an even trade. <laughs> bird, you're a bird. Yeah, Tobias. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm just a bird. Sabino. <laughs> hey, if you like birds, go listen to Dungeons and Dragon memes. <laughs> Please go listen to Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> It's real good, guys. There's a whole bunch of really good people on there, and they're going to do great after my inevitable demise this week. I'm, I'm pretty, sure. pretty sure. Also, Surprise Deck Book Club, which Tim is also on, but he likes to really leave it a surprise that he's on the show. That's his surprise within a surprise. Hey, did anybody mention late starters? Nope. I was late and on we're that We're all on it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry we're late. We forgot we were on a Pokemon TTRPG podcast show. <laughs> Sorry, no, Casey has the coughs. It's it's gonna be a one person show here soon. 
Oh, wait, this is my chance. All right. Now that they're gone, it's just you and me. So it starts out with Adam Driver, and he's he's flying through space, right? And he's flying in the spaceship, and he's got some some people that are in like a cryogenic sleep in the back of his ship. And he quits paying attention to what he's doing, which, you know, you cannot do when you're driving even a spaceship or a car or any any type of vehicle. Uh, so he bumps into some meteors, right? All right, happens, right? Crash lands on a planet. We realize that this planet is in the far future 65 million years ago, and it's Earth. Spoilers. Sorry, guys, if you haven't seen the movie yet, right? So then there's a bunch of creatures on here that are like almost like dinosaurs, but they ain't really like dinosaurs. So uh, one of the people that was in cryogenic sleep is this little kid and she's still alive. So now it's Adam Driver and this little kid and they're trying to survive on this this horrible planet, right? And they go through their all trials and tribulations, right? And then so uh, we see up in the sky, that same damn meteor that Adam Driver bumped into, he done corrected its course. Or well, I guess not corrected. What's the opposite of corrected? He messed up its course, and now it's headed straight for Earth, right? So now Adam Driver has to get off the planet. But you know what he's going to do? He's going to get off the planet, and he's going to leave all them dinosaurs to die. Because he just knocked a meteor in there. That's how Adam Driver killed all the dinosaurs.